0: Welcome to Life on Pause, a podcast defining the experience of being a young adult with cancer.
1: Each episode, we explore issues impacting young adults in and after treatment.
0: Like what you hear? Have something to add?
1: Come join us for next
0: month's recording, the third Tuesday at 6 p.m.
2: Welcome to Life on Pause, our holiday edition Tonight, we'll start with our introductions by having each person share their name, a little bit about themselves, and answer the question The holidays are not the holidays at my house without. So let's find out
0: what makes the holidays season
2: unique at each person's house.
0: I'm Lauren. I am a non Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor. I was diagnosed in 2020. I've been living now and I'm one year in remission and very excited. I've been part of the podcast for a while and the holidays are not the holidays at my house without Christmas movies, playmation, Christmas movies, and just season of Christmas movies, Die Hard counts. So do Christmas specials of TV shows. There's a lot of that that is played this year. We decided to spring, I guess. We've been without a way to play DVDs for a while. We want a DVD player so we could watch our old fashioned Christmas movies this year.
3: I'm Sammy. I am just about to hit five and a half years cancer free. I had thyroid cancer. And at my house, it is not Christmas without us cranking out probably about 200 Christmas cookies. We take a survey, take everybody's favorite cookie and we just crank them out.
4: I'm Sarah I'm about two weeks shy of my one-year non-Hodgkin's lymphoma remission. Christmas in my house isn't Christmas without decorating the tree and putting up lights. My aunt and I do like our annual cookie baking, and that's always just something fun to look forward to and do together.
1: I'm Abby. I was diagnosed with ALL in 2017 and I finished treatment in 2019 and I've lost track of how many years that is total. But one thing we always do is after Christmas on January 1st, we always have a very Pennsylvania pork and sauerkraut. We call it Krautmas dinner. That's like, we all really like that food, I think, more than the Christmas food. So that's always like something we look forward to. And we actually had a hospital Krautmas one year. So that was a fun thing.
5: My name is Emily, and I am an ovarian cancer survivor. It's been about two years, and I guess Christmas wouldn't be Christmas at my house. We always get together as a family, so I guess Christmas wouldn't be Christmas if our family get together. A couple years ago when we didn't do anything because of COVID, it was just weird and like I don't know. We just did something in July of that year because we were like, well, that's super weird that we didn't do anything. Like we have to do something. Well, if you're like
2: me, you're probably curious, doubly curious what Emily's family does. Maybe it's the annual Christmas meltdown by at least one family family member or who knows? We might ever, never find out. So me in the holiday theme, we're thinking about what it's like I know that we are all maybe anticipating seeing some family this year, although our COVID numbers may be changing plans at the last minute. And thinking about that, being in larger groups, I think sometimes it's good to think about the system of a good offense and a good defense when you're going into a big group gathering and people might be curious about your health status and you may or may not feel like talking about it. So I'm curious if there's any tips or tricks that anybody has learned over the last couple of years in facing holidays or large family gatherings of how to navigate people asking or being curious or asking you awkward questions. So that's
3: that's the topic of programs. So I had the kind of thing where whenever I would have good news, I would sort of disseminate the info with my family members being like, yeah, you can ask me what's going on. And whenever I had bad news, I would take a few token family members aside and ask them to tell the rest of the family, (laughs) just sort of bear the brunt for me, rather than have to go through the same unfortunate conversation again and again at relatively happy gatherings. So that was my little trick.
0: For me, I noticed that one family member, usually on my husband's side, just because I didn't see them as frequently. My husband has a much larger family that we see around the holidays. My family is relatively small. So for the most part, my family knows what's going on. My entire family pretty much knows what's going on. But his side of the family, what I would notice is one family member would approach me first. And then I kind of noticed the other family members starting to kind of get a little bit closer in the back, kind of tried to overhear. They didn't want to re-ask me the same questions, but they would like to know the answer. So I started doing very, something very similar to Sammy in that I would kind of have a token member of the family that I would tell things to. Or if it was, again, if it was really good news, I would say it a million times at the, a family gathering. I think Thanksgiving was very good for that this year because I was able to pretty much tell everyone it's been a year. And I had had a, a scan that showed that we, there's no no evidence of anything. So we're, we're clear for another year. But for things that were a little bit harder, the initial diagnosis and other type of things, like there were some concerns along that way were approached very gently and in smaller amounts because it was would be very difficult at a family gathering. And I would feel very uncomfortable being asked at a relatively happy or Best of occasion, these very personal or very, very traumatic
1: experiences that I had.
5: I guess I'm kind of a little bit different as to I don't really discuss it. I don't know. I don't talk to people a lot. So when I was sick, it was one of those things that I wasn't really with it. So, like, there was no use of asking me questions because they'd be like, Hey, Emily, how's this or that? And I would just be like, What? So. No one asked me questions during because I was not there to answer them. And now, I don't know, I just kind of avoid them. I don't don't want to talk
4: to people about it. I mean, I'm kind of like the same way. I'm still so new, like coming out of it. I just, there's certain people that I'll talk to it about, but otherwise I try to keep it short and kind of to the point. And like, you know, I'm doing good now. And I don't really talking about things that happened when I was going through treatment and that, I just kind of like to keep moving forward.
2: As I was thinking about this episode, I was realizing that perhaps some of the same strategies that introverts might use for a big family gathering might also apply for kind of how you want to manage, you know, how you move in a holiday space. So I was thinking about introverts, you know, maybe you have like your get out card, like okay, I, I get a leave early or I can go and take a walk or even like having like a list of topics in your head that you can switch the topic to like kind of preparing like, oh, I'm going to talk about my puppy. You know, I'm going to be like, I'm going to give a short answer, right? I'm going to be like, yeah, things are going great. Thanks for asking. Did you know I got a new puppy? I mean, I feel like some of those pre-planning tips, Can be real lifesavers. Anybody find, have a similar
0: strategy they use or a favorite topic that they divert to? Yes. Always drive separately. If you're going to a gathering with family, (laughs) always drive separately. So that gives you space. If you need to leave, or if you need to, for me, let my husband know I'm done, or if he's done, driving separately highly recommend it it might be more gas but it gives you at least the illusion of you can leave if you need to
5: I will second that strategy especially if you have a dog you can say I gotta go home let the dog out it she really has to go she can't hold it she has a small bladder
3: I have to take medications like every night around like nine or ten at night so if it was just like a party that like I did not want to stay at Sometimes I would pull like the, oh no, I left my medications at home. I got to go leave. Sorry. Bye. And this is me saying that you have permission
2: to kind of
3: use any of these very
2: like, you know, they're just really simple social tricks that a lot of us use to kind of manage our boundaries, right? Like how much emotional space can I like go into, who gets to go into that space when I've had enough. So whether you do it really gracefully or, you know, maybe it's a little, a little awkward, just take care of yourselves in during holiday gatherings and times of maybe increased people So also at the end of the year, sometimes it's really fun to look back and really appreciate all the people that have made it possible for us to get through the year. You know, sometimes there's been people that have congratulated us that we got out of bed and showered and they should get um, a shout out. Granted, they also support us in doing much bigger things. So this is your chance to do your little, like, know your Oscar speech. I'd like to thank so-and-so and and I wouldn't have been here without blah, blah, blah. So if you feel so inspired to do your shout outs, now is your time to honor anyone that you want to shout out to.
5: I will go first. I would like to, well, some of you know her, you met her at the retreat. I would like to give a shout out to my friend Katie because we've been back. We, like, we are best friends like forever before I even got sick. And she was always there for me. Like, she lived hours away, but she was always at the hospital and stuff. Even now, it's just one of those people like, I actually will talk, like, she'll bring it up. Like, I don't care. Like, I'll talk with her about it. And some stuff that I did, like, we have inside jokes. It's just like, it's funny now. Like, we can laugh about it. But she was always there for me. And I will always thank her for that. So I need to
0: obviously thank my supportive husband who was there for every treatment, every step of the way from diagnosis to remission. And it's been absolutely wonderful to have his support. I'd like to thank my cat for not treating me different after I got diagnosed and still being kind of a jerk, but also very loving and cuddling with me while I was dealing with some side effects. I also have to thank my old boss, who is now a friend of mine. We're no longer at the same place. My old old boss, Trish, who bought me pizza on my, delivered pizza to my house during the head shaving party that I had and came to give me food during treatment that I could eat that she knew that I liked. It was very, very
1: much appreciated,
0: as well as my family member's for being as well, checking up on me and my best friend, Cassie, who used to work at the hospital, who would see me when I came in. And now was just a constant support. And as, as they say, the best birthday gift I ever gave them was being declared cancer-free on their birthday.
5: Lauren reminded me, I'll also give a shout out to my old work boss, Sheila. She would always come and see me. We were really close. And she would never, like, they were always trying to shove food down my throat because I wouldn't eat. And she would never shove food down my throat that I didn't want to eat. And she would always bring me candy and stuff. So shout out to her.
4: Yeah, I'd probably shout out to my dad and my stepmom and my Aunt Jay and my husband. They were really there through me through it all. We had some other family members there as well. And it just goes to show how much they love and appreciate you. And they really are there to do whatever they can to help you. But also for my coworkers and some of the providers at the office that I work at, they just went above and beyond. Some of them would come visit me when I was in the hospital and I couldn't really have visitors because of COVID, but they'd be there working for the day. So they'd stop by to check in on me or bring me stuff just to cheer me up, but definitely thankful for all of them and all their support through everything.
3: So I have like a lot of people to thank. I had a, a lot of people to support me. The people who I would like to highlight the most would be my parents. So backstory on the first part of, lot of my treatment was like radioactive iodine, which is an oral like radiation. And beforehand you need to go on this crazy low iodine diet where you can't have dairy products, you can't have iodized salt, you can't have any sort of any sort of like pre-prepared foods, anything from the sea, a bunch of stuff. And if you don't like follow it correctly for two weeks, then the radiation doesn't work at all. And my poor mother, oh my God, I was absolutely miserable during this time because I was essentially going through cheese detox where I couldn't have cheese for like two months at a time, which let me tell you, it doesn't sound bad until like I did it. But my poor mother, she was cooking all of these like specific recipes that the doctors recommended. And she was like, getting like steaks and hand grinding them because we couldn't be sure that the ground meats wouldn't have iodine in it and god bless that woman i've told her now and then but like god bless that woman i guess just shout
1: out i've always just been so like thankful for
3: my family and my partner
1: and different people in my life that are such wonderful supports both through cancer and also just like Navigating COVID and like that, how the world is now. So, always
5: grateful to them. I would like to do another one. So, I would also like to give a shout out to, I have an awesome oncologist, stuff like that, but specifically, I'm not sure what her specific title is, but Ann, who works for my oncologist, she is super awesome. She always, like all the way during everything, like kept track of everything I needed to do. Like, she's even she knows stuff slips my mind so like if I would have have like a scan or something I couldn't eat for so long before she would always be calling me up in the morning being like hey make sure you don't eat before your scan and I'd be like okay and also she was just good like that and also I was at a rehab hospital for a while and all those people are really great like even to this day like it's like 2 years since I've been there so and they're all still like a bunch of my Therapists and my nurses, people like that—they're still keeping up with me. By one vision therapist, Doctor Lou, he still texts me sometimes, sees like to see how it's going, stuff like that. So, I mean, despite everything I went through, I made a lot of good lifetime friends throughout it all. So, I'm really thankful for them. So, shout out.
2: Well, as you guys can tell, Emily would be the person who would get cut off with like the music coming on if we were at an award show but certainly has some great people to list in her shout outs. And from our Life on Pause family to you, we're wishing you a very, the very best end of 2021 and a great start to 2022.
0: Thanks for listening to Life on Pause. Ideas or suggestions for future episodes? Feel free to share them with us. Join us for the next recording on the third Tuesday of the month. Until, Until next, next time.
1: time.